If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome back to the Dirt Show. I don't know how many of you were able to watch the latest episode of the uh, Forney Willis soap opera, uh, but uh, today was was quite remarkable. Um, today we heard the testimony, if you want to call it that, of Terrence Bradley, a lawyer who had been a lawyer and a ten-year friend uh, to Nathan Wade, and he was obviously a reluctant witness as he didn't want to testify. He, Nathan Wade, invoked lawyer-client privilege. The judge, however, ruled that he had to testify about things that he saw outside of the lawyer-client privilege. So this guy schlepped up to the witness stand and, um, and, and I guess, testified. Um, he just didn't remember anything. And uh, it was uh, amazing. I mean, just watch him. You see him. And, and you say to yourself, no judge could possibly believe a word he said. Um, he um, had emails and texts in which he said quite categorically uh, in both directly and indirectly and in response to questions from the lawyer for the defendants in the case that the relationship between Phony Willis and Nathan Wade started well before they said under oath it started. In other words, he said things which, if believed, would result in in, in Fonny Willis and and Nathan Wade uh, getting disbarred and going to jail um, based on, on on a conviction for perjury. That's how serious it was. Now, obviously, he regretted uh, having said that in writing to the lawyer on the other side. You don't say things to the lawyer on the other side that are going to hurt your friends uh, and 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 result in a disqualification and maybe imprisonment. Unless they're true. And even if they're true, sometimes you don't say them. Well, that's what happened on the witness stand. On the witness stand, he basically denied everything. Oh, oh, did I write that stuff? Well, it was just speculation. Why, why would you engage in speculation to the opposing lawyer of, of your friend if it wasn't true? But but none of this actually happened if you watch CNN. So here is uh, here's CNN's analysis of it. Um, after more than two hours, the hearing concluded today without providing any revelatory information about the timeline of the romantic relationship between Fulton County Prosecutor Nathan Wade and DA Forney Willis, which the defense contends started before Wade was hired, in contrast to what both Wade and Willis have testified. Who are you going to believe? CNN or your lying eyes? The irony is, of course, I watched it on CNN. I watched it on CNN. I saw with my own eyes how he testified and how he provided very revelatory information about it. The information, the revelatory information was not necessarily in his testimony. It was in his texts. It was in the texts written to the lawyer, which he confirmed as true. You could not come away from 
that two-hour hearing without absolutely believing that this guy, Terrence Bradley, had told the lawyers for Trump's co-defendants that the relationship definitely began before he was hired as special prosecutor, which they have sworn is the opposite. You could not escape that. And the judge knows that. The judge was sitting there. He's watching. He can tell. He's an experienced judge. You don't have to be that experienced to know. And one of the lawyers put it very well. He said to him, isn't it the fact that of course you told the truth in your texts? And in fact, you know that they started their relationship prior to when they say they started the relationship. But you don't want to say that from the witness stand because you don't want your testimony to become the basis for A, disqualifying Fannie Willis, Fannie Willis and her office and Nathan Wade from prosecuting the case, and much worse, putting them in jail and having them lose their license and having them be disbarred and having them lose her job as a special uh, prosecutor. Look, if you watch today's testimony, the one thing you had to come to the conclusion to is there has to be a special prosecutor appointed in Georgia from another county, somebody who's not part of the establishment in Fulton County, maybe somebody from the opposite political party or somebody who is not partisan, perhaps a former Supreme Court justice in Georgia, to do a thorough and independent investigation of Phony Willis and Nathan Wade to see whether they committed the serious crime of A, perjury, B, lying to a court, um, and, and C, obstructing justice, and perhaps a conspiracy to obstruct justice if the two of them <coughs> agreed on their lying testimony. I don't think we're going to see any of those things, and I'm just not sure what the judge is going to do in this case. It'd be very hard. This is a judge in Fulton County. Will a judge have the cojones to actually look the elected district attorney in the eye and say, I have listened to your testimony. I've listened to your boyfriend's testimony. I've listened to his lawyer's testimony. I do not believe you. Will he have the, 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 the nerve to say that? <clears throat> I don't think so. I don't think so. But if he's an honest and decent judge, at the very least, he'll find that they are recused. If, if I had to bet widows and orphans money that I couldn't afford to lose on the outcome, probably a safe bet would be that he will recuse the special prosecutor, Nathan Wade, uh, because that's easy. She can get somebody else. Uh, saying there's an appearance of injustice with their continuing to be in the case together, et cetera, et cetera. You could, you could write that opinion in a minute. But that there's not enough there to recuse the entire office of Fonnie Willis, because if you recuse her, you recuse the whole office, and then the case would have to be reassigned to a different DA's office um, in Cobb County or some other county or in a county in a faraway part of the state, maybe a very different county. Uh, but remember, too, Georgia is very divided. Uh, you have Fulton County, which is largely Democrat, but you have other counties which are heavily Republican. And so the dynamic may be very, very different. And I don't think the judge is going to uh, be willing to go so far as to recuse. I, I hope he does. That would be the right verdict. That would be the right result. But I just, you know, again, as you know from 
listening, watching my show, I don't ever confuse what I want to happen with what I think will happen. What I want to happen is Forney Willis and Nathan Wade uh, get disbarred, uh, get thrown in jail for perjury, because um, that's what I think happened in the case. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think so. The most that I think is going to happen is that there will be a recusal of just uh, Nathan Wade. But that might not happen, too. The judge may say, look, I'm not making any findings of fact here. I'm just saying the evidence is not sufficiently compelling to warrant the extraordinary remedy of recusal. Um, it was wrong for them to have, you know, any kind of a relationship while he was working as special prosecutor, but the law doesn't do this and doesn't do that. And in any event, appearance is not enough, uh, although the judge has already said appearance is enough, so he probably won't say that. Um, but here, maybe, you know, so I don't know what he's going to do, but it's somewhere between not doing anything and just probably disqualifying um, um, uh, Wade. I will be pleasantly surprised if he goes further than that, which he should, but I don't know whether whether he will. You know, judges are elected in this country. They shouldn't be. Uh, Jacksonian democracy, terrible mistake. Only country in the Western world, only country that I know of in the whole world that elects judges and elects prosecutors. You know, in, in, in Florida, you elect public defenders, which is the most absurd thing in the world. Can't imagine how you run for public defender. I'm such a good lawyer. I'll free all the criminals if you make me my public defender. Uh, so, you know, we take in democracy much too far. Uh, the United States was not founded as a democracy. It was founded as a republic. Um, Andrew Jackson introduced what was called Jacksonian democracy and everything, garbage collectors, uh, dog catchers, uh, judges, prosecutors all got elected. And that uh, uh, that hurt the uh, the judiciary in this country it was not obviously intended by the Constitution, which appointed um, judges in the federal system, but state by state, we have elected judges. And most of the, most of the elections of judges are not real elections. You know, the party uh, bosses uh, nominate, pick people, and a lot of judgeships are simply rewards for party loyalty. When I was growing up in Brooklyn, you could buy a judgeship. I think it was, I think it was $10,000 for a trial judgeship and I think $25,000 or $30,000 for an appellate court judgeship. And, and, you know, it was, it was out in the open. Uh, you made a contribution to the political party, of course, but the boss skimmed a little off the top. Um, those were the days. Uh, there was a famous case. I mean, there was so much corruption in New York when I was growing up. There was a famous case where, you know, judges, politically appointed judges then politically appointed their law clerks. The law clerks had a sinecure. They could serve for the lifetime of the of the judge. And there's a famous case where a clerk uh, would go to each of the two litigants in a civil case, say one was suing the other for $25,000. He would go to each of them privately and say, look, I'm not sure I can get to the judge, but I think I can. Here's the deal. If you if I can get to the judge and get him to rule in your favor, you have to agree to give me $10,000. He would tell that to each side and they would each agree because the lawyers were corrupt too. They would each agree to pay him $10,000 if they won. And then one side would win and the clerk would say, well, to the winner, I got to him here. Where's my $10,000? Of course, he never talked to the judge. Um, 
but it was a win-win because he was <laughs> able to collect from the party who won without ever getting to the judge. Uh, there were so many stories like that when I was growing up in New York. It was so corrupt. We had a, a congressman who had two separate offices, uh, one his office as a congressman um, and the other his office as a lawyer next to the office of congressman. And if you wanted favors from him, getting your kid into medical school or or getting some other benefit, you would hire him as your lawyer, pay him the whatever, $10,000, whatever the going rate was for getting kids into medical school, and things would happen. If you wanted to get your kid into West Point or the Naval Academy, now that was a lot more money. But uh, so do we still have that kind of corruption? No, probably not like that. I don't think money passes hands. Uh, we don't have a real bank. What we have is called a favor bank. I was involved in a case like that uh, once. It involved uh, Leona Helmsley and a, uh, 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 a lawyer who had helped appoint judges, um, helped appoint the judge who was sitting in that case. And, um, and, and the, uh, uh, the uh, judge said to him, uh, if you become the lawyer in this case, if Helmsley hires you and pays you a lot of money, I'll reduce their sentence. That, and that's what happened. That's what happened. And I tried to get people interested in doing something about it. Nothing ever happened. So, you know, we still have corruption, but it's it's a little more subtle today than it than it used to be. And uh, but no 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 less bad. Um, I think the most corrupt state I ever ever litigated a case, and I've litigated cases in I think thirty three or thirty four of the fifty states was Indiana. That was the most corrupt state that I've ever litigated in. But uh, believe me, I've litigated in other states that were corrupt. Louisiana, um, New York, um, uh, and New York now uh, has become the poster child for not, not corruption, I'd say, but political partisanship and weaponizing the justice system against political opponents. Uh, obviously, the um, civil case against uh, Donald Trump with his 400 and something million dollar fine, as well as the criminal case, uh, which would have put Alexander Hamilton in, in, in prison paying hush money. Um, the, the, the civil case is interesting because um, the fine of $400 million is clearly excessive and the constitution prohibits excessive fines. The problem is that it's the eighth amendment to the constitution that prohibits excessive fines, no excessive bail, no excessive fines, and no cruel and unusual punishment. And those three things generally apply in criminal cases, uh, bail, criminal, punishment, criminal, fines you can have in civil and criminal cases. The question is, does the Eighth Amendment apply to what is called a civil case, but in reality, what's a criminal case? She could have easily gone after him. Um, criminally, but then trial by jury, uh, burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt, uh, all that stuff. So she went after him civilly, but you know, it's a state case. It's not a private party, not a fine to a private party. The state gets the money. The purpose of the fine is to deter future misconduct. So, you know, if it quacks like a duck and it walks like a duck, it's really criminal. It's not civil. And so um, I think his lawyers, Trump's lawyers, are going to try to appeal this 
on Eighth Amendment grounds. It'd be interesting to see uh, if they win. I don't think they'll win at the lower levels of the New York system, but conceivably at the highest level of New York, or if not, in the federal courts. It's an interesting argument. I'm not here predicting how it would come out, um, but it's an interesting argument. And the Eighth Amendment doesn't specify it has to be a criminal case. It's just that the three subjects it covers, bail, fine, cruel and unusual punishment, are all more commonly applicable in criminal cases than in in civil cases. So uh, we'll see. But uh, and we'll see what happens in 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 Georgia. The judge himself in the case seems fair. I mean, he's low keyed. Uh, he decides motions properly. I think his decision on the lawyer client um, privilege uh, was the appropriate one. I follow all of his, you know, motions uh, overruled, sustained. They all seem right. I mean, he seems like a good, sound judge. But it's very easy to be a good, sound judge calling balls and strikes like that. Uh, what's hard is to do ultimate justice. And ultimate justice, I have no doubt, no doubt in the case that ultimate justice requires the disqualification of Fawny Willis and, and, and um, Nathan Wade. No doubt. I have my opinion. I don't know whether there's enough evidence, but I have my opinion, pretty experienced at this, you know, I've done what, 350 cases in, in my 60 year career. Um, in my opinion, I think the three of them were lying. Let me, let me put it this way. I would not put Phony Willis, Nathan Wade, or Terrence Bradley on the witness stand myself. As an ethical lawyer, I have never put a witness on the stand who I believe was lying, even my own clients, my own clients. I would not put them on the stand if I believed they were lying. I do not want to be part of uh, a suborning perjury. And I've told that to clients. I told clients, I would not put you on the witness stand. You're going to have to either get another lawyer or you're going to have to take advice and not take the witness stand. So if I saw these witnesses, the three of them, and were then asked to put one or all of them on the witness stand, I would have to say to them, no, you don't pass the smell test. You don't pass the credibility test. Um, I don't believe you, so I can't put you on the witness stand. Enough for a prosecution for perjury, I'd have to see what the corroborating evidence is. The, the emails and the texts are smoking guns, are smoking guns. Headline, headline of course, CNN, Herring ends without smoking gun. You know, that's that's just not correct. Um, but that's CNN. CNN is so one-sided. So, and they're legal experts. They're legal experts. There's one rule. If a legal expert on CNN tells you a case is going to come out one way, you can go to Las Vegas and bet it's going to come out the other way. And more often than not, you will win. Because the CNN experts have just been wrong, wronger, and wrongest over and over again, because they don't tell the audience what the truth is. They tell the audience what they want them to believe, what they want the truth to be. And so, you know, there's a real problem of uh, legal experts on, on television. Look, I am one of them. I appear from time to time on Fox and on Newsmax. I think I 
I pass the credibility test. But the ones I watch, a lot of the ones I watch, particularly on CNN, they're the worst offender, just don't pass the test. And so, um, again, I will repeat, I do not believe the three witnesses today, uh, the witness today and the two witnesses previously were telling you the truth. My opinion, no scientific basis for it, a lot of experience. The life of the laws experience, Oliver Wendell Holmes said, not logic. So my experience. Okay, here's some letters. The judge is in collusion with Willis. No, he isn't. The judge seems to be doing a fair job. I reserve judgment. Let's see what he decides, and then maybe I'll revise what I have to say. Okay. And you keep unwavering support for Biden. No, my support for Biden is wavering. You keep unwavering support for Biden and his push for recognition of a Palestinian state. Let me be very clear. I do not now believe that there should be a Palestinian state in the immediate future. Let me explain why. Number one, the Palestinians generally should not be rewarded for what happened on October 7th. Certainly Hamas should not be rewarded. Certainly the Palestinian Authority. Remember, 80% of Palestinians on the West Bank supported Hamas and what they did. About 70% of Palestinians in Gaza supported what Hamas did. You don't reward that kind of barbarism. I described it yesterday with this young man whose head was cut off and put in an ice cream freezer and put on sale for $10,000. You don't reward that kind of thing by giving a state. Five years from now, who knows? Things may be different. Right now, no. No stated. Number one. Number two, Palestinians don't deserve a state. They've never deserved a state. They could have had a state in 37, 38, 47, 48, 67, 2000, 2001, 2005 in the Gaza, 2007 on the West Bank. They said no all the time. They don't know how to take yes for an answer. So why do the Palestinians deserve a state before the Kurds, who've never been offered statehood, who don't use violence, who don't chop people's heads off? So no, they don't deserve a state. The state may be the least worst solution ultimately in the Middle East, so I don't preclude the possibility of a disarmed Palestinian state like the city of Ramallah, which eventually functions as a Palestinian state. Uh, I think it's the largest city, but uh, a very large city. No Israeli police, no Israeli um, officials, no Israeli uh, military, and they do their own thing in the, in the city. So it's a city-state in effect, but um, not now, not now. Uh, right now, the Palestinians should not be rewarded for anything. They shouldn't be supported. Hamas shouldn't be supported uh, on, on campuses. Right now, they ought to be judged by what happened on October 7th at least in the immediate future, and at least those who participated or supported or supported what happened on October 7th. No, you don't get rewarded for that kind of barbarism. Um, okay. Do you assume that Fonnie uh, Willis will be in our position a year from now? I don't know. She has an election. I don't know what the people of the state will think of her behavior. I sure hope not. I don't think she serves the interests of the people of uh, Fulton County by being the elected district attorney. Wouldn't it be enough that they were friends, even if without physical relations? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, but would it be enough to disqualify? Probably not. But when you get the combination 
of they're establishing a, 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 a relationship. They go on trips together. Questions about payment of who paid for what, uh, lying about it. That's enough to disqualify. All right. Criticism of me for reading um, anti-Semitic mail on, on the air. Please read just one anti-Semitic email and then leave it at that. The morally educated among us know that they're virtually all lies, and you should not dignify them continually by reading them. And please address specific comments and questions and provide erudite answers from the law, ethics, logic, and reason. Those are much more valuable than reading Satan's trash. Look, I agree with you, but just on that one day, I got so many anti-Semitic letters, so much, that um, uh, I just thought you should get a sense not only of the lack of quality, but of the of the quantity as well. So I did it. I don't plan to do it again in the future. Uh, thank you for speaking the truth and bringing it to light. Israel must see this war through to the end. Israel did not start the war. If all the governments of the world would get behind Israel, maybe warring factions would think twice about attacking Israel in the future. But that's not happening. What happened is Hamas is winning this war. It is being rewarded for the rapes and the beheadings. Feminist movement, not a word about the rapes. Holocaust denial converted to rape denial. That's what we're hearing from many feminists, including many in the Me Too movement. Me Too, except if you're a Jew. I think this has totally discredited the Me Too movement. And, um, and uh, I would think that people would think twice about supporting a movement that um, uh, won't recognize the reality of massive rapes when it doesn't serve their ideological interests. Okay, talking about cutting the baby in half, how can you disqualify Nathan Wade, not Forney Willis, when the entirety of the accusation is that they acted in concert? Either Nathan Wade had a romantic relationship with Forney before she hired him, uh, and Fanny had a, a, a romantic relationship with him, or whether or not she did. Either way, Wade received sufficient money from Forney to kick back filthy lucre to her via exotic vacations, or he did not. Look, there's, there's a point there. It is a zero-sum game in, in some respects. And, and, and as a result of it being a zero-sum game, logically, either they both get recused or neither of them gets recused. But, you know, courts are known to split the difference. Um, okay. Now, here are some... Every so often you have to read emails like this. I listened to intelligence that it could very well have been the UK that killed Navalny. No, 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 no. Look, it's possible he died of natural causes. Unlikely natural causes. I'll tell you a story that uh, that involved me uh, uh, and, and, and a Navalny-type situation. You'll find it interesting. So I was representing the president of Ukraine. His name was Kuchma. And I was in Kiev um, giving legal advice. And I was going to be, it was a, it was a Saturday night. Uh, we were having a late meeting to prepare for a Monday hearing in the Kiev district court. It was a murder case. The, the, the um, uh, former, former um, president, former prime minister of, of, the, of Ukraine was being charged with calling for the murder of a political opponent. We won the case ultimately. Uh, the tape recording that they had of him doing it turned out to be a fake tape recorder. We were able to prove it. That, uh, in any moment, we won the case. But before we did that, we were meeting it late at night. And um, 
we were planning to get together the next morning, Sunday at 10 in the morning to spend the rest of the day preparing for Monday's hearing. I was going to be sitting next to the chief counsel on Monday, giving him ideas, slipping him notes with the translator. Obviously, my Ukrainian, my, my Ukrainian is, is pretty rusty. Um, come Sunday at 10, I get to the meeting. The main lawyer doesn't show up. 11, he doesn't show up. 12, he doesn't show up. Finally, they send somebody to his room and he's dead on his bed of an alleged heart attack. But everybody in the room knew it was a KGB-induced heart attack, by the way. But what we were arguing is that the KGB had faked the tape and it was a, a Russian plot to, to get to Kuchma. They, the legal team, got me in a car so fast, they drove me to the airport and uh, they put me on the first plane out anywhere. They said, we don't care where the plane's going. you got to get out of Ukraine because they were afraid for my life. If they killed the main lawyer, are they going to go after the consultant, the guy who was helping write the briefs and make the legal arguments next? So fortunately, there was a plane leaving like in 15 minutes um, uh, for Frankfurt. And I got on the plane, never been back uh, to, to Kiev since. So uh, I have a little doubt uh, about uh, the causes that in any event, Putin is responsible, whether he died a natural death, whether there was somebody in the prison who killed him, whether it was by Putin's orders directly. I don't know. Don't know the answer. Final letter about that young man whose picture I showed yesterday, whose head was cut off and they, they put it in an ice cream freezer and try to sell it for $10,000. Breaks my heart that this young man and others were murdered, senseless and barbaric. This Christian supports and always will Israel and the Jewish people, always. Um, great, great thanks and gratitude to the, the Christian community and those in the Muslim community um, uh, who support um, uh, Israel. Um, I was speaking at a temple on Sunday night, and there were a group called Jewish Voice for Peace, which protested me and tried to stop me from speaking. I don't know how many of them were and weren't Jewish, but um, Israel needs the support now of every right-thinking person, regardless of religion. So anybody who supports Israel gets my thanks. See you tomorrow. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.